Hello and welcome to another loverugbyleague.com podcast. My name's Dave Parkinson and as per last time out, I'm joined by Adrian Jackson and John Lawless. Great to have you all with me once again. And uh, well, what we're going to be talking about in this particular episode? Well, uh, we've got some audio from the Wigan Media Day. Uh, so we'll be hearing a bit from Ian Lennigan and head coach Adrian Lamb. And we've also got uh, some audio as well from the Warrington Media Day. So you'll be hearing from the likes of Mike Cooper, Joe Philbin and Steve Price. So let us get right into it then. And we'll start off with Wigan. And uh, there were some interesting comments that were said, in all honesty, by the chairman, Ian Lennigan. Uh, So I'm going to play them out for you. And then you can make your own conclusions. So it's quite a wide-ranging chat that he had with the press uh, before taking questions. If we take broadcasting first of all, which is an important topic, Adam Pearson from Hull and myself sit on the broadcast working group together with our external advisors who led us through the last 12 months of preparing for the fact that we have to go out for tender right in the middle of the most difficult time of all since everybody was very worried as to the financial state of broadcasting, of Sky, of BT, and of sport generally through the last period. And we were even more pleased that Sky actually want to continue the partnership with Rugby League, which served us very well for many years. Um, Whilst, of course, we want a larger figure, everybody thinks the game is worth more than what a broadcaster might think, you've got to recognise the reality of the current economic climate, the current broadcasting climate and the current sports climate. We're confident that the backdrop of Rugby League of 2019 and 2020 saw significant increases in audience for Sky and for Rugby League generally. So that's a good backdrop for us, but we have to recognise the economic reality. We think that We will get on very well in our discussions with Sky. We've always got on well with them. They are taking place at the moment positively. And I think we're looking forward to 21, continuing the increases from 19 and 20 and going into the next two or three years of the next deal. Not with as much as we would like, but with enough for Rugby League to survive and move forward. The second topic that you related to there the discussions of Super League in terms of private equity and investment. Uh, I was actually very pleased at two things. First of all, that all 12 clubs in Super League agreed that an investment and growth plan is what we need and is to be supported by every one of the 12 clubs. It's just what the nature of that investment and the extent of it that we have been debating for the last six months, well, the last 12 months, in fact, I was also pleased that professional financiers and bankers thought that Rugby League and Super League in particular had a high value. 65 million is not small change. And that they were they felt that Rugby League was well worthy of investing in for the future. I'm equally not surprised that a minority of clubs didn't like private equity. Uh, It's not something I've been particularly supportive of in the past because it's a a costly form of investment, but we weren't even sure that anybody would want to invest in a sport at the time of 
lockdown and I think we were delighted that a high value was actually placed on it albeit with a minority of clubs not wanting to go down the private equity route they completely had their right to say no to that because you need unanimity and we didn't have that so a lot of positive from it not just the negative that's perceived in the press on Robert Elston's resignation I'm disappointed for Robert, obviously, after the quantity and quality of the effort that he put in, that he didn't succeed as much as he would have liked to have succeeded. But there's no doubt at all he's worthy of thanks for his effort and his commitment. I have to say that a board of 12 opinionated chairmen, and I'm one of those quite definitely, is a very difficult taskmaster for any executive chairman or chief exec. And I've no doubt we'll be discussing that structure and others in the next month or so. So those are my comments in terms of Super League, Robert Elston, private equity and broadcasting. If I continue that theme and say, what do I want for Wigan for 2021 and for Rugby League generally? I want us to get back to normal by June or July. Those are the sort of financial forecast that we're putting together in terms of when we think some audiences, maybe even full audiences might come back. I hope that we get people who are delighted to see live rugby back again to come and attend at the games. I hope that we'll continue to see the increases in TV audiences that we had in 2020 and 2019. And we're certainly determined in terms of marketing and profile for rugby league to continue to kick it forward. And from a Wigan viewpoint, of course, I want us to win the grand final next year. Uh, we got league leaders and we came very close to the grand final, but the Challenge Cup and the grand final are the, the things that we always look for and we expect to win if you're a Wiganer. In terms of uh, what's happening with Wigan Athletic, you can read the press as much as I can. We've had lots of advice in terms of the legal position with the lease, depending on who takes over. We've had attempts ourselves to join consortiums. Since last July, it's probably taken 25% of my time working on different people with the administrators that we might work with. We're not involved in the current deal, but we're always ready at any stage to get involved and invest in Wigan whether that's Wigan Athletic or Wigan Rugby League, we view them as both of great importance to the town. And finally, in terms of press comment, um, having been supposedly on the verge of selling some proportion of my shareholding in Wigan, I'm pleased to tell you that I'm still here. We've still got the same 75% uh, majority in terms of the ownership of Wigan and have no intention of doing any retiring at this particular stage in spite of it being on the verge of occurring i am told a month ago it's not occurred and it's not occurring at the moment i thought that was really interesting to hear ian lennigan talk all about you know more of the business side uh, you know we don't often hear from chairman or certainly, uh, you know, not in, in such detail. Uh, so it was really nice to get Ian uh, on the show and to explain a little bit behind the Sky contract, for example, and, you know, what was going on with regards to the business and, and various other things. He had quite a bit to get off his chest, in all honesty. So, you know, fair play to Ian there. 
Right, now we're going to move on because at that same press conference, Adrian Lamb also spoke at length to the press too. And uh, we're going to join the conversation just after he's been uh, asked a question from Richard Graves of Sky Sports News. Good to see you. Um, won't dwell on last season, but as a point of interest, how long did it take you to, to get that grand final on the way it ended out of your system? Because emotionally, if nothing else, it must have been a huge drain. Yeah, it's 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 gone as a as a vision, but not as a memory. So I, I still have um, some flashbacks at times, um, and, and I, I think that'll happen for the rest of my life. But you know, uh, in regards to moving on, you know, we did that pretty quickly. Uh, and you've got to in sport; it's a difficult thing to try and hold on to that emotional um, baggage from from a previous experience. So the boys have been training great. You know, they've. Um, you know, really, really happy at the moment. And, and also as a team with a, a lot of the young ones in here, they've grown both physically and also hopefully a lot of maturity from that end of the season game. With that in mind, then how excited are you about the, the season to come? Because you say you've got a, a few young players in the squad. You obviously lost the experience on the pitch, at least of Sean O'Loughlin, but John Bateman comes back in. So there's been a few changes. Yeah, I think there's, there's around um, nine or 10 players that have gone from last year's squad. So, We've stripped that down a little bit, but we've 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 got Jay Field come in and uh, and John Bateman, which are two quality players. So, you know, we're we're banking our our buck, I suppose, on um, the, the the young ones that have entered the squad, uh, been a year mature from where they were last year, and a couple of senior heads there still in you know in in you know Willie Isa, Liam Farrell, and, and Tom Lulawai, I guess, to to help steer that group. But um, you know, I'm really confident that, uh, like I said. You know, we're in a good place um, from the experiences of, of last November, and but also um, the, the 12 months that they had, albeit broken down with, with some lockdown time away. And a final question from me. Um, was it pure excitement when you saw Jackson Hastings had got onto that plane or was there a touch of relief as well? No, you know, it's it's um, I'm excited when all of my players come back, regardless of whether it's Jackson or, or a young one. So... You know, he's, he's been away for a little while now and, um, you know, hopefully he comes back and brings us a lot of energy and enthusiasm. We're looking forward to it. Go well this season. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. Richard. Can we go to uh, Trevor Hunt from BBC Radio Manchester next, please? Hey, Trevor, how are you, mate? I'm good to, good to see you. Well, I can't see you actually on the screen, but I can hear you anyway. And uh, we're almost nearly at the season, so great stuff. Um, looking at the, the squad that you've got there, I mean, how excited are you? The fact that you've got Bateman and Jai Field in there, and and uh, who's going to be playing your halfback then? Is it still going to be Jackson? Will Jai have to try and dislodge him? What's the situation? I don't know, Trev. To be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> now look, I, I think you know it's like I said, it's a smaller squad than last year, and we've got a lot of great young players pushing for starting spots and, and in the seventeen for that mind. But Jackson will be in, in there. Um, obviously in the 13, but Jay, where, where we figure out Jay to be, I'll get a little bit more of a feel as the season goes on. But, uh, you know, he's I, I know what Jay's capable of doing and what positions he's capable of playing. So, you know, it, it always works itself out. And, you know, hopefully he can he can play a big part of us and, and our journey this year for 2021. Were you ever concerned or a little bit worried that maybe Jackson might not be getting back over here? No, not not at all. I've been communicating with him on a regular basis, and you know, it's the, the club went through a difficult time a couple of weeks ago when they were when they were both due to return back. But 
you know, that the smart thing to do, I felt, was to 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 allow them to stay there in, in warm conditions, enjoy the time with their family, be healthy, and and train to one of our programs, um, both strength and conditioning. So, you know, I'm sure they'll be a little bit behind on that still. Uh, it's the way it always is. And, you know, but now he's back here and going through the isolation period, you know, we're looking forward to getting him part of the squad. So how is training going? Of course, you're, you're in a lockdown period, really. How is training going? Yeah, it's it's fantastic that the, the buzz around the place at the moment is, is real special. You know, I know the players are getting on great with each other. More importantly, um, you know, the, the, the way that I want to play as a coach, I think they've picked it up now. And, and this year has been about, about having a pre-season to develop the players physically, get that little bit more power and strength in them, and then promote more so what we've done in the past. So uh, I think we're in a really good place. Um, you know, really, everyone's really excited this week because we've got a, a friendly against Salford on Sunday. Then we've got a week off and then we're in round one against Lee, which will be a, a hell of a battle. So, you know, it's, when you've had a long period off and, and everyone's at home in lockdown and the only place you can get away from from the you know that, that tough part is to come to rugby and to know that the games are back on there's just a an incredible amount of excitement going around and of course you mentioned Lee Centurions there uh, a big rival a big local rival do you expect they'll be stronger in the competition than Toronto were um, at the start or when we started last year yeah look Lee Lee have always been there or thereabouts. You know, I think they were in, only up in Super League three or four years ago. So, um, you know, I, I think they'll, they'll 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 win a lot of games. I think they'll Toronto didn't really get the start that they wanted to last year, but I'm sure they would have found their their way um, if the season had it kept to to its normality. But you know, there's always been a massive rivalry rivalry between Lee and and Wigan, and I've experienced that myself as a player in a Challenge Cup there. I think it was in 2002 when we won it. It was it was a nightmare. I can still remember it closely. But luckily, the first game is um, at Headingley, so we don't have to travel the Lee there. But you know, we're looking forward to that challenge. Adrian Lambda, and the first thing to say is that he's still having nightmares about that finish in the grand final last year. I think everyone is parky. Yeah? Everyone is uh, that's associated with Wigan anyway. You're bound to be, any. It's traumatizing. Traumatizing. It must have been traumatizing. What else can it be when when you lose a game in in, in that fashion? But um, you know, if you look on it on the positive side, they were within an inch of, of, of winning the winning the grand final. So uh, you know, they, they have something to build on. There are plenty to build on, and uh, I'm sure Adrian Lamb will be uh, doing everything he can to just take them that extra inch this year that they couldn't quite make last year. There's that old adage as well, isn't there, about having to lose a grand final to win one. I know some people will say that's absolute boulder dash and it's rubbish, but um, I'm sure he can cling to that, can Adrian Lamb. And I'd expect better of Wigan this year, to be fair. That's absolute boulder dash and rubbish, Dave. <laughs> if you don't mind me saying that, that what you just said there. Uh, not about expecting Wigan to do better, but uh, the other bit. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, rugby league's full of these um, little um, old wives' tales, isn't it? So uh, there you go, like the Challenge Cup draw being fixed and things like that. All nonsense, of course. But uh, yeah, we're going to have got. We're going to going to be one of those in contention this year, no doubt. The big challenge I think they're going to have is trying to fill the void where Sean O'Loughlin used to be, because they've suddenly lost captain inspiration, haven't they? I'm going to go Bateman for that because they've already given him the number 13 jumper and I just feel that he is the man. He's got that skill set and he can make players around him better and he is that sort of guy who will go, give me the ball, 
I'll make these 10 metres, I'll look for an offload and you can play off the back of me, you know. So, um, uh, yeah, undoubtedly O'Loughlin's been a fine servant to Wigan over 400 games. Uh, they've not lost him altogether because he's now using his nose on the coaching staff, which I think is going to be a massive boost to them over the coming years. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I certainly think that Bateman's the guy to, to step forward and, and really make his mark at Wigan this year. Well, it looks like a bit of an end of an era for Wigan, or it might feel like one with Lachlan going after being there so long. Uh, but how many games did he play last year? Not not an awful lot, I, I would suspect. Uh, Bateman can certainly fill in some of that role in terms of his leadership qualities and, and lead by example qualities. Slightly different type of player to, to Lachlan, obviously. But um, yeah, I don't think Wigan must have known this was coming. He's been sort of almost phased out, hasn't he? He's been very lightly raced over the last few seasons. Sean O'Loughlin, and he's still going to be around to, to, to have his influence. So uh, I don't think Wigan are going to suffer greatly from, from uh, losing him. Apart from anything else, he hasn't been playing that much anyway. Looking at the Championship then, who's going to be the runs and riders to try and take that promotion place? I've got to say, looking at it, I think that you've got a fancy to lose with the you know guys that they've brought in. Lots of experience from Super League. Harrison Hansen's there. He rarely got to play last season when they got underway. Uh, they've added Ben Reynolds in there as well. They've brought some other guys in as well from the Elite Championship and a couple of left uh, Catalans and gone in. Remy Casti is going to be turning out for Toulouse this year. So it is hard to look beyond them. But I'm going to look beyond them and I'm going to say Featherstone as well. I had the, the pleasure of seeing some of the highlights against Oldham from last week. And I've got to say, they were mega impressive. The way they moved the ball around, they've got complete understanding between six, seven and nine, which is what you need. Uh, and they've got Craig Hall out in the centres, who we know from his time in Super League. He's an absolute point scoring machine, isn't he, Craig Hall? So if, if all those things go in line for uh, and the, the, the dots are all lined up for Featherstone, then they'll also go close, I think. Um, looking at Widnes... Looking at Widnes, I'm a, li- I'm a little bit disappointed by the Widnes squad. I think that they've gone for all out in that first 17 and not a lot behind it. Um, I think there's a lot of young lads there that uh, will be, you know, waiting to make the chance. I know that you mentioned York there. I'm going to go, I'm going to tip against everything that anybody is saying and say, I don't think it's going to work for York. I think that it's going to get too big, that job. And I think that, um, you know, these signings that they've made from Super League, I hope they work out for them, because if they do, then they certainly will be amongst the front runners. But I've got a feeling it's, it's, it's going to end up in tears there and they're not going to do as well as what they're expecting. Controversial comment. There's a, it's going to be a competitive league, isn't it? Because I look at there's a lot of teams and I, and I, I struggle to split them that much. Although I agree that to lose, really, you know, this is, this is their chance, isn't it? Uh, Lee have gone now. Uh, Toronto have gone now. So, you know, they're obvious like competitors in terms of uh, having those sort of resources that, that uh, Toulouse can throw at it. Uh, and out of the league, there's still some good teams, though. I, you know, I think Newcastle are going to be a bit of a dark horse. I, don't, I personally don't see any reason York can't do well because they brought in a lot of new personnel with Super League experience. Um, Featherstone, they're going to be up there and be in the playoff uh, shake-up for sure. Uh, I think Witness will do well. I think making the playoffs will be a good... A good uh, Result for Witness this year, the top six playoff we've now decided. So um, making the playoffs will be good for Witness. And of course, it's always that uh, that feeling that once you're in them, you know, it's into the one-off games, then aren't you? So, so anything can happen. But I'm struggling to look in terms of like gaining a Super League place, if they're, if they're allowed to do it, beyond uh, Toulouse and Featherston. Bradford will be interesting as well, though. They've got Danny Brough, haven't they? Surprised he didn't go to York, actually. But uh, yeah, they've got Danny Brough and at championship level, 
uh, his game, his his now his kicking game is going to be uh, very effective, and with John Keira there as well, they can be dangerous too. But yeah, it's going to be a, a good league, I think, the championship this year. It's just a shame Sky TV is only going to be showing the playoffs, though, John, isn't it? Well, that's always a shame, yeah. But that's the uh, you know that's their business. It's if that's what they want to do, that's what they uh, have chosen to do. So there you go. We'll have to live with that. I'm sure that the championship clubs, more than even the Super League clubs, will be desperate for fans to be allowed back in the stadium. They're doing everything they can to monetize their, uh, what, they, what they're doing uh, without fans, but uh, they really need, I think, even more than Super League clubs, fans to, to return to the stadium in the championship. So let's hope that happens sooner rather than later. And this is where we can help as well, to be honest, as the, uh, uh, the final hooter love rugby league.com podcast, because we can encourage more people to sign up for our league, for example, or get in touch with the clubs and get your season tickets, because that's always going to help as well, isn't it? Um, it is, Dave. Yeah, and, and they could start now because uh, Tommy Makinson's testimonial is on telly on our league uh, this Saturday. So that might, might be a good way to get to get going. It, uh, I think you've got to pay a fiver. Obviously, Tommy's unlucky in a certain sense. He's a fully, uh, fully deserved testimonial. But his testimonial game is going to be played behind closed doors. And don't forget, the whole point of it is to raise some money. Uh, so, yeah, you can tune into that on our league this Saturday for the fiver. And uh, that's going to be a full-on game, Dave, with uh, the new boys lead test, uh, seeing uh, how they measure up to the champions St. Helens. And both, both uh, putting full squads of players out there, full centre teams, nearly enough. No Lachlan Cooper Saint, I, don't, I believe. But uh, other than that, that should be good. But yeah, I'm very keen on the Our League app and uh, the more people can tune in to games, especially if they can't get there themselves, the better. I'm glad that you mentioned testimonials though, because obviously there's another man whose testimonial is coming up, no other than uh, Chris Hill over at Warrington. Been a fantastic player for uh, the Primrose and Blue, hasn't he, uh, Chris Hill, over the last few years? What, what do you make of him? What are the real qualities that you have certainly seen, Adrian, from him? Leadership qualities... Um... Great, he was great for Lee, wasn't he? I always said for a long while he was the best player outside the Super League when he was at Lee. Warrington Ward picked up on the talent. He had to bide his time to be, to be the number one prop. He was behind, if you remember, he was behind uh, Adrian Morley and Gareth Carbell when he first joined the club. So he's learned from the best. He took all that on board and, he, and he's made himself out to be one of the best Super League players of the, of the um, current era. And John, what, what, what do you feel about, about Chris? He's been fantastic, hasn't he, for both Warrington and Lee before that. Uh, you know what you're going to get, don't you? And what you're going to get is quality performances. And um, I'm thinking back to the last World Cup where I thought he was absolutely great for Great Britain against the, you know, the, the, some of the top foreign prop forwards in the world. You know what you're going to get. He's largely mistake-free. He's a metre-eater. He's going to get through a load of tackling as well for you. He's going to make all the right noises for, for the rest of his teammates. And I suspect he's one of those players that when Steve Price picks the team, he's never having to go over to Chris Hill and have a, have a particularly special word about anything because he knows that the job that Chris Hill does, Chris Hill's going to do. Probably knows his limitations as well and doesn't stray far beyond those limitations. Great player, great servant to the game. Good luck for it to his, in his testimonial as well. We're going to hear now from Mike Cooper and Joe Philbin. It was great to catch up with them at the recent Warrington Media Day. Uh, and I started off, first of all, by asking about Chris Hill. Um, I think for me, uh, I'm, I feel very blessed as a young front rower coming through um, with the likes of Chris and Mike uh, to look up to. I think uh, he's a leader. Um, he leads by actions. He's, he'll be the first man to put his hand up to take the tough carries. 
Um, and, and he's a great fella as well. And, you know, like I said, I just class myself as lucky to have kind of come through that tutorship of so many great front rowers uh, and Hilly being one of the main ones. And Mike, you've worked with some good front rowers whilst you've been at Warrington. I know that Martin certainly mentioned about your, the longevity of your career. What, what have you picked up from Chris? You know, I, I, I've done a quote uh, only last night for his testimonial brochure, so I was thinking about this, and I think Bill's is it the nail on the head for me. He is, without a question, on and off the field a leader, and that is within within the rugby league field, away from away from um, training within his business, but also for his family as well. Um, and you will all see the shape that he is in this year is the best shape he's ever been in, and that's someone that um, you know was taken out of the England squad. That's someone that took away himself from the captaincy. And what has he gone and done? He's come back in the best shape he's ever been in. And he's absolutely flying. And that just kind of shows you the man that he is. So, um, you know, he's, he's a great, you know, he's one of the best mates. Um, and it's a, it's a pleasure to play alongside him every single week. And he, he deserves everything that he gets with his testimonial. Because, um, as I say, what he does on and off the field... You know, is um, not only one of the best British front rowers I think in the Super League era. If not, you know, he's definitely in the top two or three. Um, he's been up there in the world, hasn't he? He's one of the best prop forwards for a long time. Um, but I think it's these off the field stuff which is more important. And just two more questions from me. So the first one is, uh, it's kind of been touched upon and you may have been asked about it at some other point. So I'm sorry if I'm repeating, you know, like something that you've been asked before, but it's about COVID protocols kind of and how that affects you uh, from a playing point of view, you know, like and how have you had to change to adapt to the COVID regulations that have been put in place? Um, I'll come to you first of all with that one, Mike, if that's okay. I think, for, first of all, we, we all feel very fortunate that we're allowed to carry on doing our job. Do you know what I mean? Because... There hasn't obviously the break that we had last year, but the rest of the time we're we're, we're going about our normal training. Obviously, you're socially distancing between drills, still doing contact, still lifting weights in the gym. Yeah, we're distanced, but those things are still happening. So it's not really affected us too much, I guess. Um, I actually quite I quite enjoyed it. You know, I, I try and see the positives on things, and I've actually enjoyed. We brought everything right back again. There is no other temptations anymore with restaurants, bars, all those sorts of things. There's nowhere to go. So you're literally just, this, this pre-season has been like an army camp. Rock up, do your training, go home. There is nothing else to do in, in between. So actually, I think it's probably been, I guess all the Super League players that will come back will probably be in the better shape they've, they've ever been because there is nothing else to do anywhere else, you know what I mean, other than other than train. Um, so, it, you know, I, I actually think I've played better during COVID than I did pre, you know, previously. Mm. And Joe, anything that you can add to that? Uh, I think Mike, Mike said it very well there. Probably not much for me to add, but exactly like you said, it's it's very easy to live the athlete lifestyle at the minute because there's there's nothing to do apart from train and eat and there's not too much temptation to do uh, the wrong things. So um, we're all do, living the Cristiano Ronaldo life, aren't we? <laughs> I like that. And and finally from me, um, I'm guessing that now you're just fed up with talking to us sort of guys and you just want to get on with the season, don't you? Yeah, we're re- we're ready to start playing rugby again. It's been a it's been a long long pre-season. Uh, so just one more thing on Hilly as well actually before before I forget. This is the first pre-season he's actually done in about 8 or 9 years. He's played international every single season, so he's absolutely flying, yeah. Um, but yeah, we you know, we've we've worked really hard in the pre-season, but 
ready to ready to start uh, putting in some performances now and 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 start playing some rugby. I might finally. Yeah, I just want to see. You know, um, we've we've seen all the stuff around football. Around there was something on Talksport this you know today around them faking injuries and things like that. I'm not saying they don't. I just want to see some positive press on rugby league. You know, because what everyone else says, the players did all of last year, multiple games in a week. You know, completely busted um, on a, on a pay cut. And all we hear is about footballers complaining, footballers doing this. Just want everyone to get behind rugby league and tell us, you know. These are real men wanting to play in our sport, you know, taking a pay cut, getting whacked around the head four or five times a week. We're not complaining about concussions, not any of those sorts of things. Just want to see the game make the most of what, of what we've actually got. So we just want to start playing again and get the fans back in, get back to some normality. So there's the uh, the two guys there, Mike Cooper and Joe Philbin, both saying that they've learned tons from working alongside Chris Hill and also reflecting there a little bit on, uh, you know, working with COVID regulations, which has got to be a bit of a, a bit of a challenge for everybody coming back into training or even Super League who, who have had that jump on everybody else. Yeah, everybody's in the same boat though, Dave, aren't they? You know, so uh, there's no, um, there's no fair favourites here in, in, in that sense. Everyone's in that in that boat in terms of having to uh, work around the regulations and, and deal with those. Uh, and one thing, going, just talking to Chris Hill, I don't think, did he mention in that interview that, uh, what good a plumber he is? He's still got his plumbing business and, um, you know, if anyone needs a good plumber, Chris Hill's still in the in the game for that as well. I don't know if he's taught the rest of his teammates that. Probably not, because he wants to keep the market for himself. But yeah, he's also a good plumber. I thought you was going to drop his calling card in there for a second there, John. <laughs> Well, yeah, I could have done, but uh, yeah, uh, if you need a good plumber, Chris Hill's the man. Boost his testimonial fund by getting him to fix your boiler. Going <laughs> <laughs> to be helping to fix the boiler room at Warrington Warney for this season on the field. Oh, Adrian, yeah, that that was almost good. See, that's that's in form. You can tell he's returning yeah. to the form as well. He's been in pre-season <laughs> training yeah. to drop the gags in. Yeah. Uh, Speaking about Mike Cooper, I thought Mike Cooper had a decent season for Warrington last year, and that's failed bid. He just gets better as the seasons go by. Yeah, he's sort of got a super sub tag, hasn't he, uh, uh, Philbin? Uh, he's, he comes on and he and he adds some real impetus to the game. Perhaps when the after the first initial uh, little bit of um, flow has gone out of the game, you send him on. He adds impetus, instant impetus. Uh, makes some great charges with the ball and, and gives that to Warrington. And Mike Cooper, as you say, he's just another workhorse, isn't he? And uh, Brought a little bit of passing into his game as well, uh, perhaps since he, he first uh, wore the Warrington's jersey. Uh, so he, he, they're big players for Warrington, those. Uh, they, they give a lot of solidity to that pack. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And and I think your point on Cooper, he, he just seems to be getting better with age, doesn't he? You know, so sometimes you look and prop forwards, they get to sort of 32, 33. They start to look grizzled. They start to, you know, act a bit grizzled, possibly, you know, on the field. But, uh, you know, Mike's still there or thereabouts, isn't he? And I think he'll go really close to an England selection come the World Cup. Totally agree with that one, Parky. Everyone forgets just how long he's been playing there as Mike Cooper. He's had to learn under Morley and Carvel against it and wait for his chance. Goes to Australia, comes back, in my opinion, a more mature player. He's had a bit of ball play to his game as well. And that can only bode well for the future uh, for Warrington moving forward. One player in that's expecting to have a big season will be Ben Cully again, I think, for Warrington. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for Ben, isn't it? Because he had that hiatus with his injury issues. 
Um, has he ever quite got back to as, as good as he was before then? I don't know. That's a debate perhaps Warrington fans might be having. Um, but he's got all the natural talents of there, aren't they? I mean, he's got the size, he's got pace, uh, he's brave. Um, there's no reason why, uh, as long as everything's right with his body, that he shouldn't have a huge season with Warrington. And uh, with Greg English there around him as well, I'm not sure where Greg English is going to be playing. I don't know if Warrington have, uh, have really revealed that yet, whether he's uh, which, which particular slot. But anyone who's playing around Greg, Greg English's area of the field uh, should be able to get a little bit more freedom, shouldn't he? Because he's going to draw a lot of attention. I'm just thinking, I don't think I can really add to anything that John said there, to be fair. No. I thought it was a, a really good point. Just before we move on altogether from Warrington, it was interesting hearing Steve Price talk about uh, leaving the club. Uh, obviously, he's announced that he's going to be stepping down at the end of the season, returning to Australia. And uh, we're going to now join that press conference with Steve Price, just as Ian Laybourne is about to ask his question. Steve, what, what was the thinking by getting the announcement early? Getting it out there? Did you want to just get it over with and then... People can just concentrate on the season. I think it's really important as a, as a club in that you know we had no distractions to start the season. Um, you know, I was um, you know I had dialogue with um, you know Carl Simon and, and Stuart and the directors, and I felt you know the time was the best to, just to get it out in the open, and 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 it also too gives the club the option to go look for the best candidate and. And they've got a bit of time too, what's best, you know, for the club. So, you know, it's not about me, it's about, you know, our team. And um, everyone's bigger than the club here. So, um, yeah, I just, I feel content with the decision, uh, but I'm just really, um, you know, driven to, um, you know, have a cracking season this season. Will you play any role in, in finding your successor? Will, will you offer any advice if the, if the club wants it? Oh, that's a, that's a decision for you know, Carl, Simon and Stuart and the directors, but, you know, I've got a job to do here and that and that's, um, you know, to win footy games and, you know, that's all I'm driven for at the moment, but, um, yeah, I'll leave that, you know, to Carl and Simon. So how are the preparations going, Steve? Are you going to have everybody written available for that first game in a couple of weeks' time? Yeah, we've still got, you know, a couple of weeks to go. I mean, we've got a scrimmage session tonight against Witness and then uh, we've got uh, Chris Hill's testimonial uh, next next Thursday against Lee, then, you know, our first competition game against Cass. So still got a couple of weeks um, till our first competition game. So still got a fair few, um, you know, friendlies and training sessions to get through. But, you know, I'm just really pleased with, you know, how the guys have applied themselves uh, since we come back. Um, but a lot of hard work. I'm sure like all, all Super League clubs uh, are doing the same, but... Yeah, it's been one of our best pre-seasons we've had since, um, you know, we've come together as a playing group. And, um, yeah, I'm really, really happy with where we're at. Um, so looking forward to the season you've got, uh, or the squad you've got now. Are you uh, are you happy with everything you've got? Do you feel you've got a stronger squad this year than last? Yeah, every, every, every season's different. Um, but, yeah, we feel like, you know, Rob, Robbie, uh, yeah, Robbie Butler and Robbie Mahern have, you know, certainly added value to our, our forward pack. Um, bringing Greg in, you know, as an outside back also, we feel uh, has strengthened that replacement for um, Anthony. Um, so there's some good up-and-coming kids coming through our system. Um, so, yeah, I feel like we're in a, a really good place at the moment. Um, you don't know until you really, you know, start playing games. But, you know, the application and the detail, uh, the guys have been, um, you know, 
um, enforcing a training, um, you know, I can't fault. And, and Greg English, you've no concerns that uh, after 12 months out or thereabouts, he, he might not quite be up to it, shall I say? Oh, like anything, Trevor, it's always going to take a little bit of time. Um, you know, he's been out of the game for nearly 18, 18 months to, you know, 24 months. So, um, but he, he understands what it takes to uh, get his body right. And, and um, you know, we'll be very cautious to make sure that, you know, his body is right, uh, ready to go when he, when he does hit the field. Um, and with obviously Chris Hill's testimonial next week against Lee, are you, um, is the plan to go with as, as strong a squad as, as is available for that game? Yeah, that's the plan, Matt. Um, you know, he's been a fantastic servant, you know, to our to our football club, Hilly, and, you know, we want to, um, you know, reward that by a really strong performance. Um, so, yeah, we'll be putting our, you know, our best team we can uh, together next next Thursday night for Hilly's testimonial, and you know, it's, a, uh, it's a fitting reward for a guy who's, you know, achieved a lot in the game, but, um, yeah, he's got some... Um, uh, a really good challenge ahead of him this year, which he's uh, very driven for. And obviously, with um, with Super League starting uh, a lot later um, this year, um, obviously, usually we're starting at the end of January, start of Feb, but now we're starting at the end of March. Weather should be better, faster tracks for longer part of the season. Do you think that'll make for a better, a better product and a better spectacle? Yeah, let's hope so, mate. I think, you know, for a lot, a lot of the Super League clubs, is. I think this pre-season's been crying out for a, a long time in this game because a lot of the clubs, you know, haven't had the opportunity to get a really good base and build resilience amongst their playing group and their team for a long, long time. And, um, you know, I'm a big believer in pre-season set up your seasons. Um, and, and I'm sure, you know, all the other Super League clubs would be, you know, vouching the same uh, sort of language that, you know, with the length of the season and, and, and all the tours, you know, England have over the past couple of seasons, a lot of clubs haven't had the opportunity to put a lot of good grounding into their plays. And I feel it's been a result of a lot of injuries amongst Super League, you know, for a number of years. So hopefully, um, you know, a lot of clubs have built a lot of resilience and, um, you know, keep, you know, their, their main part of their core, their roster on the playing field and we can all produce a really strong product, uh, you know, for, for all our fans. Uh, just finally from me, um, you've got a few um, younger players that are just sort of trying to make the mark on the first team, you know, the likes of Aribi Doro, Josh Thewlis, Ellis Longstaff, etc. We've seen um, Riley Dean go out on loan to York, um, albeit with a two-week option to recall. Now that option's in place, can you are you exploring the options of getting a few more of those young guys out on loan? Yeah, we, yeah, we will, Matt. Um, at, at the moment, um, you know, the opportunity come up for Riley with... Um, unfortunate injury one of the halves so you know that guaranteed him to be a, a starting half and we've still got a few halves in front of him at present so that that opportunity was was a good one for both parties um so our main focus is, is getting through the next couple of weeks um and then see where we stand for round one and then um i'll make a decision on you know what players may need to get out and play some for you because there's a number of players you know in our club but i'm also sure in a number of clubs who haven't played for you know, a long time with, you know, what happened last year with, you know, the academy and, and the reserve grade setup. So, yeah, it's something we'll look at, um, you know, as, as we start approaching the season. So finally, finally, before we, we, we draw close, we've had that, we always get to this time of year and there's always a raft of new rules to get used to. Uh, so, you know, we've got a 2040 kick 
which I think is going to be interesting because looking at the NRL last season, there was just one of those attempted all the way through the season. Um, we have uh, more lack of penalties for restarting sets of six. Uh, we still go into this particular season without a scrum, but yet we do have where you can actually take possession of the ball and take it in field, which I think is going to be quite interesting. Um, and, and possibly quicker turnovers as well, which for me, I think is a, a real boost, particularly at Super League level, because there were times last season I was looking at Super League on TV and I could understand the, why players were doing it, but they were watching the stop clock, weren't they? And, and right, you know, we're going to wait this full 25 seconds before we play the ball. And they could have been up, up and running and it just seemed to, to, to really, you know, slow the game down somewhat. Uh, what do you make of those? Play the ball. You mentioned quicker play the balls there, Park. How, how quickly did, did you want us to get? Hey, quicker the better for me. That that's the yeah. that's a player's that's a player's point of view. They they're always going to be pushing the rules anyway and seeing what they can get away with. That's what they're paid to do, isn't it? Uh, from a from a spectator and a, and a media point of view, I'm happy with a quick game. I, I love to see the ball in play more and more. I think what you said about the, um, in fact, I'm glad you mentioned this, dear, because I think this is the, of the new rules or new interpretations. This will be the one that perhaps has the most effect. The fact there's no longer the shot clock on the handover, mm. um, because the optics of that I thought were bad last year. Seeing players just stood around waiting for the shot clock to run down is, is not good in terms of the optics. That said, there's going to be no break in this game, is there now? I mean, I don't want the game just to become, you know, five runs and dummy half and then a kick. Uh, so that rest that you used to get when you used to have a scrum, that even though we bought the shot clock in, it still gave you some time to rest. It's going to be none of that this year. Presuming the referee is going to be telling players immediately the handover takes place to play the ball. This is going to be one enervating game. It really is. I don't want it to become all about uh, energy and, and, and less about skill. Um, so I do have a little bit of a worry, but that, but I think the optics in terms of not seeing players standing round will work well. I think um, some of the big forwards, in particular, might uh, you know be blowing for tubs earlier this year when they're having neither scrums nor a rest when there's a handover either. So uh, that's going to make a difference. That one, the 2040, I think, will be rare as hen's teeth. You're not going to see many of them. They should be less rare than they are in the NRL because we have a number of shorter pitches, in, in, don't we? Like Hull and Castleford are not 100-metre pitches. Um, the one thing I'll say about the 2040, it's a huge target, isn't it? It's a, it's a massive target. You've got 40 metres to hit, but uh, who's going to be kicking from that much from their own 20? So I don't know if that's going to really have any noticeable effect. But I think the, uh, the handover with no shot clock will make a difference. Mentioned the fact that there's no stoppages in play. Gosh, I feel sorry for the referees. I hope they've been um, training hard in pre-season. Ah, well, that's the good thing. As a referee, you can actually control a lot of those restarts, so it can go as quick or as as slow as you want to. You know, and I think I think that's. Little break. That, I think that's bringing that element of control in. I mean, I I, sat, I actually did a, a referees course in the close season, um, which was done in a very similar fashion over Zoom, um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's taught me things that I didn't know about rugby league, and you know, I I'd, again encourage anybody if they get the opportunity to do that to to, to go on one of those because I thought it was really good. But um, whether you'll be seeing me running up and down a pitch anytime soon, um, it's probably going to be as rare as the twenty forty. Can I just say, Dave, now that you've mentioned referees, and I'll, I'll throw a touch judges in as well, here's a, good, here's a good message to send out on your podcast. Let's leave the refs alone. Exactly. Let's leave, let the refs get on. They'll make mistakes, and yet sometimes that'll cost your team a game. Sometimes it'll win your team a game. There's two sides to everything. 
leave the refs alone. They're doing the best. Let them get on with it. Let's enjoy the game. The abuse of refs, I mean, it's just pointless, isn't it? And it's just such a bad look for the game as well. It's just, I just don't see the point in it. Calm down. It is only a game at the end of the day, by the way. Let the refs and the touch judges do their job. If they make mistakes, they make mistakes. Believe it at that, shall we, Parky? I think that's a great way to finish off the podcast, Adrian. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so thanks to Adrian. Thanks to John. Also, thanks to all the guests that we've had. And uh, that is our second preview show of the year done and dusted. I tell you what, I'm ready for the action. So I'm off to go and prepare for a match.